I'm Gareth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Paul Cruikshank talks about the ups and downs of being a two-car team. One thing that helps is that all the races this year we go to, we're, we're refuelling all the time and stuff. So. Tony reassures the manufacturers and fans that the series will not be going down a silhouette car path. It will not be a silhouette of any shape or form. It will be an authentic car. We look at all that and more today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. First up, the speculation that Sprint Gas Racing will be going to a four-car team, potentially using one of the Rod Nash licences, has been at the forefront of many motorsport publications this week. We spoke to Tim Miles from Sprint Gas Racing about those rumours. Like last year, um, I've spent some time with um, my co-owner, Kevin Murphy, looking at what is a better business model and and once you identify what is a business, better business model, is that business model available to us now um, without significant capital expenditure to, to achieve it? And as a result of that, I've talked to a number of teams up and down the pit lane who, who may, may be good partners. Um, ironically, Rod Nash isn't one of the people that I've spoken to, but um, uh, the rumour mill certainly says I have, so there you go. Maybe Kev has, but we, we haven't settled on a partnership or, or anything with, with anybody. And what does Miles have to say about the big rumour that's been floating around that the team is struggling for funds? Without doubt it's been tighter. We're, we're in a, a much tighter economic cycle than, um, than than we've been used to operating in and, and that's put pressure on um, on our sponsors um, which, which trickles down to being pressure on us but um, I, I think any business that you operated in the environment that we've been in over the last eight to ten months um, will have had a, a, a cash flow challenge, whether it's because there was less money coming in the top or whether it was because payments have moved out from the from, from normal cycles. Um, cash flow is always tight, so and, and car racing is worse than most because we have a tendency to spend 105% of what we get. So. Um, you, you don't have that that buffer that you would have in, in most businesses. So yeah, it's been it's been tough, but but nothing that you wouldn't expect. We'll have the full Tim Miles interview, 11 minutes long, I might add, tomorrow. Come back for some V8 Insiders extra to hear a lot more from Sprint Gas Racing. Paul Cruikshank has told the V8 Insiders that while he has confirmed with Triple Eight that he will continue his technical partnership, it does not mean that the team will not change to Holden in the future. You know, it would be it would be crazy for us to try and go and change over to to, to go and race um, Commodores at this point in time, and who knows what will happen down the line. But certainly next year we'll we'll run Falcons and. Um 
you know the the cars uh, that we that we get off Roland will be um, used for a year, and then we'll use them for a year, and then sort of see what happens after that. Crookshank has also hinted that he would like to continue the expansion next season, going into the Fujitsu Series full time. We'll have more from Paul Crookshank in this week's White Flag Lab. Big Pond Sport has reported this week that Toyota has not ruled out V8 supercars in their future marketing plans, but they would not be interested in the series if it did not provide an avenue for a locally sold Toyota to be entered. Holden has also told Big Pond Sports that they were not interested in the series if it goes away from the current design features which allow fans to see a highly modified Commodore on the track. But rest assured that Tony Cochran will not be allowing any radical designs to take over from the current specs. TC's told the V8 Insiders that the Car of the Future plan will be laid out by Mark Scaife to the board in November. Yeah, we've already received Mark's first cut, um, which the board reviewed, and uh, we're expecting around November to receive the second cut. We're well on the public record uh, of three things that have come out of it so far. One... It will be a V8 power plant. Two, um, we have a target, we have a, a maximum target of trying to build the new car for a quarter of a million dollars. Three, um, it will be authentic. It will not be a silhouette of any shape or form. It will be an authentic car. The TV ratings and bums on seats at racetracks are certainly the focus of the V8 supercar board. Tony Cochran saying that the series should not apologise for playing hardball with the operators of Barbagallo and Queensland Raceway when it comes to fan facilities. But we have a major issue on behalf of our fans. Um, not a dollar really has been spent on that facility now for eight years in terms of fan comfort. There's not enough toilets. Uh, nothing's been done about the terracing. There's no shade, etc., etc., etc. And um, I think we've been the most patient, tolerant people on the planet in terms of WA. We've been working with them, encouraging them, uh, helping, assisting, you name it, for five years at least. It's probably longer, but I'll say five years um, to upgrade either Wanneroo or build a new permanent facility in Perth. And um, you know, it's kind of our responsibility. We, we're clearly the big boys of Australian motorsport. And if you look at the job we've done throughout Australia, we've got a number of significant upgrades at circuits. Kelly Racing has moved quickly to assure their fans that their major sponsor, Jack Daniels, will be with them next season. As I mentioned before, Rod Nash Racing has certainly had a lot of speculation going on with how he's going to progress into 2010. Rod Nash told the V8 Insiders that a number of plans are being investigated but it's too early to speculate on how it will work out. But Nash has told the V8 Insiders that he's expecting an announcement ahead of Bathurst. Rick Kelly has announced this week that he'll be the public face of Tracksters. You can go to Tracksters.com to find out what it's all about. And finally, now Craig Lowndes has been signed on to be the voice of a new character in Rory the Race Car. You can look out for Lowndesy on ABC television as the new season will feature Conrad, voiced by our own Craig Lowndes. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Gordon Lomas and Britt Murray will join me. Later then, it's Paul Crookshank. Come 
Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen from the Stone Brothers Racing SP Tools. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week is none other than uh, Gordon Lomas from V8X Magazine. Gordon, it's good to have you back on the show. Yeah, good to be here, Craig. And joining us on the line for the first time from the Gold Coast Bulletin, it's Brett Crusher-Murray. Good evening, Brett. Craig, also a pleasure to be with you. Look, uh, an interesting one for you. It looks like we're almost certainly going to Phillip Island to replace the Bahrain round, but after the 500, some questions are being brought up about the safety of the circuit, and uh, I'm wondering, Crusher, do you think the track needs to have a safety overhaul before the V8s go back there? Oh, look, I think the guys do a pretty good job of keeping an eye on that on that stuff. Um, some of the, uh, the elder statesmen in the deal, Scafie and Crompton, all those guys... Uh, keep a pretty close eye on it and I think um, you know we saw some incidents um, at the 500 which uh, you know could have been a lot worse than they were but I think uh, over the years the track is uh, you know way safer than it used to be um, Thomas Mazera is probably one guy who can uh, testify to that when he went off the end of the main straight and hit a, a earth wall there a few years ago so uh, I've got to say I've never seen a check bounce the way he did that day so um, mate uh, I think uh, that the place is okay Gordo, it is one of those tracks that the V8s took off the circuit because they said it was too safe, well, the safety was too motorcycle-oriented. Yeah, look, I mean, Phillip Island is, uh, as we all know, it's a great racetrack, uh, fantastic racetrack, but it's a very, very fast racetrack. Um, and, you know, with that, if, if you're going to have an accident at Phillip Island, it's always going to be a big one. And the incident with Cam, Cam McConville was unfortunate. It's, it was rare. It happened at a very, very, you know, rare point in the track. Um, and it was just, you know, uh, that it happened to be where they do their highest speed. Um, and fortunately, you know, Cam got out of it okay. But I think, you know, the upshot is that, we, you know, people don't want to rush into things and, you know, a knee-jerk reaction and, and come up with Band-Aid measures because, you know, uh, that, that will be detrimental. I think a full analysis should be made of the situation and, you know, where do we go from here? Who knows? You certainly can't put a barrier there to divide, you know, one section of the track to the other because, you know, as... Uh, you know, as Cam said, if he if he would have hit something stationary, it would have been good night nerve. Mm. Now, moving on to more permanent circuits, and uh, that's one of the big things at the moment, Crusher, that uh, it looks like Tony and the, the V8 Supercar Board are, are putting their foot down and saying, Queensland Raceway, you've got to do something for the fans, and Barbagello, you've just got to shape up all round. Yeah, I think they've been saying that for some time in, in regards to both instances. Um, you know, there's been talk about a street race in WA for some time and, you know, the encouragement there, I think, that, you know, there are a lot of fans for the sport in WA and it definitely needs to have a race there. Um, you know, Queensland Raceway, as you know, is uh, my home permanent track, but it's a disgrace, you know, um, and every, every there's this there's this big, uh, you know, 
stick fight between V8 Supercars and 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 John Tetley, um, and who can beat their the chess loud enough. But I think it's at the point now where you know the decision uh, may be in the opposite direction. I think um, you know people just can't go out there, sit on the dust and the, all the crap they have to put up with, you know. Um, and uh, you know they've managed to get their traffic uh, things sorted out there to a point, but trying to get out of the place is a nightmare unless you got a helicopter. Um, and I think uh, you know that the racing uh, tends to be you know a little bit boring. So um, you know they've certainly got to make some changes. Um, they've got to you know they've got to start looking after the fans. I mean the, you know the crowds have dwindled over the years, and um, and now at a point where um, someone's got to put up or shut up. Now, Gordo, there isn't another alternative, and I, I'm asking you this one quite deliberately there, Gordo. Well, in, in this neck of the woods, there's definitely not an alternative. I mean, we, we talked about Morgan Park a few weeks ago out at Warwick, but uh, great little racetrack, but, gee, you know, they've got to do some work there to, you know, to, uh, to extend the uh, actual length of the lap and, uh, and make the necessary safety uh, improvements to the, to the circuit. You know, little and infrastructure out of a little town like, like Warwick. But, uh, but look, we've got nothing else. Um, we walked away from Lakeside for the exact very same thing we're talking about, um, and that is, you know, that the circuit was was left to to sort of, uh, you know, uh, you know, sort of fall by the wayside for so many years. And uh, and Cochran beat his chest about that, you know, more than ten years ago. And uh, he's doing the same thing now. So, but we, the, the upshot is we can't walk away from Queensland Raceway because it's our test track, and uh, and the rules state that you know you you, um, you you have you've got to have a round where you know where the where you test. So, you know, um, it, Gordo, that's the solution. Gordo is that the southeast corridor between Brisbane and the Gold Coast needs some sort of facility that can probably handle, uh, if not a full-blown V8 uh, event, certainly a test track. And then, you know, my current BMI bonnet is the uh, amount of motorsport facilities that are dwindled on the Gold Coast because of the Gold Coast City Council being run by a bunch of clowns um, who have no regard for our sport or the or the industry that brings millions and millions and millions of dollars to our part of, part of the world. You know, we've got two motorcycle tracks um, that are about to be shut down and they'll be the only other... Um, circuits of any description on the Gold Coast and it's an absolute disgrace. The fact that the Gold Coast Car Club was forced out of their club a couple of years ago, if you only go a go-kart on the Gold Coast now, you've got to go to Ipswich or the Sunshine Coast to drive the bloody thing. It's an absolute joke. Um, they're all self-centred, um, self-interested parties in the Gold Coast City Council. Um, Terry Morris and I started the Place to Race campaign you know, a few weeks ago, and the amount of support's been amazing, but the council are just you know, behind closed doors and making all these decisions that we're finding a disgrace. What we need is a permanent facility that can look after, you know, V8 supercar testing, can look after a world round, a round of the world go-kart championships, um, some flat track um, motorcycle and speedway stuff where, you know, kids can go out there and learn how to ride their bikes and learn how to ride them safely, and where kids can drive a go-kart at seven years of age at 80 kilometres an hour. By the time they get to 16 or 17, they're going to have a fair idea, you know, where the limits are, all the characteristics of driving a car are exactly the same. Mm. You know, these are the people we're going to save on our roads. And I guess that's the thing, because the only other event down in the uh, southeast Queensland region is the Super GP, and now there's a lot of speculation over if there'll be any GP at the Super GP this year, and we know that some legislation has to pass for there not to be an international open wheel category on the card crusher. Well, I don't think it's necessarily legislation. Um, the, the Queensland State Government have always said that they would like a 
international component to that event. Um, we're certainly in changing times in, in, in regards to A1GP. There's been speculation about their financial situation for some time. Everyone at the, uh, the Super GP or the Nikon Super GP now um, has been working you know, around the clock uh, to get this thing ready for the idea of these guys turning up. Now, we are a month out from the event and we don't know any teams or drivers. Some of that comes with, you know, you being in the first round of the year, but, you know, those guys are just, you know, getting more and more nervous, I would think, by the day. But at the same time, what do they do? They just can't say, oh, well, you know, we think they're not coming and they turn up. I mean, then, then you're not prepared. The track's being built. The V8 supercars will have more than an hour, more than they had last year on track. Um, there's a bit of a plan B being put together on some of the other on-track and off-track activities to, to give it a really good buzz and feel. Um, it's quite funny how doomsday is, you know, oh, well, they don't need open-wheel cars when Indy cars were here, which was, you know, a spectacular part of the race meeting where, you know, it's one of the most incredible in the world with a round of V8 supercars, the best touring car championship in the world, and, and Indy cars, I, best, I, I think, um, with some bias, the best open-wheel formula in the world. We had the best racing weekend of anywhere in the, on the planet um, and people just want to talk up the V8s or talk down IndyCars or vice versa. I mean, wh what we all did was enjoy both of them. Um, now we're at a point now where the open wheel category weren't there and the, and the event's doomed. Where, where are all these people saying that the thing could just survive with V8 supercars? Um, you know, we, it's not about one or the other winning or losing. It's about this whole thing being one of the best festivals in the world, in the greatest place in the world, and, uh, and us getting as many people to come and spend their money as possible. But I, I guess that's the main thing, isn't it, Gordo? You don't have the A1GP there. You're not going to lose one ticket sale. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, that's that's probably true, but that's, you know, to, to a degree, that's really irrelevant. And I think Tony Cochran will be the... You know, a lot of people might be surprised at this, but Tony Cochran, for one, will, will agree that, you know, he doesn't really want to be the only show there. You know, he wants something else. Um, and that's something else in its heyday, as Crusher alluded to, was CART. I mean, when CART was firing in the, in the early to mid-90s, there was nothing, there was no better race meeting to be at. And you can throw Formula One and everything else into the mix, you know. Um, so, you know, whether, whether Super GP get up um, is another story, but certainly there needs to be something else there other than V8 supercars. Well, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with plenty more right after this. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Tony Delberto from Rod Nash Racing. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders from the Gold Coast Bulletin. Joining me, Craig Ravel, is Brett Murray and uh, also from V8X Magazine, Gordon Lomas. And uh, I've put my white shoes on especially for this show, Gordo. Guys, it is uh, interesting because we know that the board has agreed to four overseas races. They've scheduled three for this year. Gordon, where do you reckon that fourth one might be? 
Well, first of all, Craig, the white shoes have turned brown today because of all this bloody dust that's flying around the place from, you know, out, out your neck of the woods and out west, even further out west. But, uh, um, look, you know, the overseas situation, I think uh, the next move, um, and there's, you know, plans are fairly advanced, will be Singapore. Um, there's, you know, uh, that's the uh, next place in, in Asia that, uh, that the series will move to. Um, ideally, what's going to happen, I think you'll find, uh, from my information, is that once the double header in the Middle East kicks off next year, which we all know about now, um, the following year, the plan is to, to kick off in Abu Dhabi and Bahrain, and then on the way back home, we go to Singapore and then back to Clipsal. Brett, you like that idea? Oh, look, I, I think there's probably room for another international race. I would have thought Qatar because it's, you know, across the sandbar. Um, in regards to Bahrain and Abu Dhabi would have to be uh, one of the ones on the list. I don't know how which family owns what and, you know, who owns, who owns the most camels and all that stuff, but I would think Qatar is probably um, one of the spots there. They've got a fabulous track and, you know, obviously they've got the lights there, they run the bikes, so maybe even some night race in Qatar would make sense. Singapore on the way back, if you could loop all around and have like a, a Middle Eastern sort of Singapore championship as a standalone thing and then back to Clips would make a lot of sense, but I wouldn't want Santa race in Bangladesh. What about you, Gordo? Yeah, Bangladesh, not really been on uh, on my list of holiday destinations, I'm afraid. It's it's certainly an interesting one, and uh, I, I know that Tony has said, well, the board agrees to four at the moment. Whether it could go to six in the future is an interesting one, but it's definitely not going to go to North America or to Europe because they've just got a wealth of championships over there. I don't know. Do you, do you fellas think this series needs to go that far? I think um, you know it'll go where the check is, and um, and that's no uh, that's no secret. Um, people can you know bitch and moan about uh, taking Australian races away. At the end of the day, um, you know these things are producing the cash that's needed to keep the teams going that, that allows us to keep running the Australian races that we do. And that's the economic sense of the thing. If the check was big enough to go to North America, then um, you know we'd go there. If it was big enough to go to Europe, we'd go there. I mean, you know, there's been chats. Either way, um, certainly Marcus Ambrose's profile in the US are building all the time. More people are knowing about V8 supercars. Um, so there is an interest there. You know, would we be the star of the show? Probably not, but you could certainly run uh, you know, along, alongside uh, IndyCar at Long Beach or something like that. You probably That's where you'd want to do it on a street course on the West Coast. Um, Europe, you know, I don't know where you'd go, but certainly the Middle East is where the money is and that's where uh, the concentration needs to be. Gordo, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think that's that's um, you know 100% on the money, um, so to speak. Uh, because um, let, let's face it, you know we go to the Middle East and uh, they're paying they're paying for everyone to get there. They're paying, they're, you know, they're they're paying for the whole show. So, you know, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, we're not going to lose Bathurst. We're not going to lose all these races in Australia. Fans are still going to have an opportunity to get to a race. So, you know, what is all the bitching and moaning about? I mean, this, this, the category is going ahead and it's becoming global. So, is, you know, is that a bad thing? Well, Gee, you know, pro, pro, is progress a bad thing in this world? I, I, can't, I can't see that it isn't, you know. But the upshot is we'd probably have a 10 to 12 race championship if we didn't do those overseas races, isn't it? Oh, where else are you going to race and who's going to pay the bill? Guys, but that's, pretty, that's pretty much simply the answer. Guys, Gas and Go time. Now, Gas and Go brought to you by the latest edition of the V8X magazine. It's in News Agents now. First up to you, Gordon Lomas. Did the V8 supercars miss a great opportunity to have a uh, shootout at the end of the year? 
Well, I'm, I'm not sure whether the timing was right or not for a, a, a you know a chase tile deal for the V8s, but uh, I mean, I certainly do know that it's a great idea, it's a fantastic thing in NASCAR, and, and yes it would work in our series um, but let's face it, V8 supercars have had a lot on their plate this year, you know, with people resigning they had the CEO go after you know, warming the chair for a, a handful of months, you know, the technical director Campbell Little resigned um, they've been working on this Middle East thing. They've had a massive amount going on behind the scenes. So, you know, probably it wasn't really on their radar this year. Crusher? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with most of that. We actually, uh, through the, the Gold Coast race, put a proposal to um, two V8 supercars about running a chase-style deal uh, starting at um, the Gold Coast event and running through to Sydney. But... Basically, all it was was changing the numbers on the leading six or eight cars or the cars that were still in contention so people could actually focus on those cars. So um, that was a totally different take on it and certainly um, not as dramatic as starting again from zero points for the top 10 or 12 cars or whatever it would may be. But certainly, I think, would have added a bit of interest. But again, you know, for all those reasons that, uh, that Gordo said, uh, they basically ran out of time. Mm. Now, uh, Crusher, do you think Tony Cochran might leave V8 supercars when he's finally landed that Homebush Street race at the end of the year? Oh, look, I think uh, Tony Cochran will leave V8 Supercars when he wants to. Um, you know, I think that uh, Tony is probably exactly in the position that he wants to be. Uh, and when he uh, rolled out at the press conference in Darwin a few months ago, started wielding a big hammer to make, to make sure that um, some changes were made. Now, um, there were some dramatic changes uh, indicated would happen. We're starting to see some signs of that stuff. Um, the problem you've got is you've got him working, you know, 22 hours a day on trying to make sure the Sydney is a success, the, the, uh, the cost-cutting in the championship, which is absolutely vital to the championship. Um, the less these things cost, the more we're going to see out there, and, uh, you know, with uh, less and less manufacturer support, that's going to be vital for the survival of the championship as we know it, or for it to improve its, you know, its uh, entertainment value. Um, and I think uh, Tony's a very tired man. Um, I think uh, what he needs to do is get a CEO in place that can, um, you know, continue to wield the hammer at the rate he wants to wield it um, because these changes need to happen and they need to happen quickly. Got it? Yeah, look, I think um, uh, I've got no doubt that uh, TC's got a, an exit strategy. Um, I think, you know, he's got that in place uh, and only he knows when, when it is and how it's going to happen. Um, but... Do I think that, you know, you'll put, uh, put the Sydney race uh, to bed, so to speak, for the first year this year and, and then walk away? No, I don't. Um, do I think a lot of people in pit lane, you know, um, you know, none the least, a lot of team owners, do I think they want him to stay for, you know, for a long, long time yet? Yes, I do. Um, I, think, uh, I think TC um, is still a, a huge, huge asset to this category. Well, it's gas and go. I might get the chance to bring out my John Hewson T-shirt. <laughs> it's gas and go here, where we do five questions in three minutes. We're up to seven minutes now. Well, does the Melbourne GP Gordo need the V8 Supercars to have a round of the championship now that they're not the first race of the season? Well, it's it's an interesting question. I don't think either category needs the other. But I still think, even though it's not the first race of the championship, they still need to be together. Crusher? 
Oh, look, um, the V8 supercar races at the Australian Grand Prix are an absolute joke. Um, they were a disgrace this year. Um, and the way that some blokes went about using them was very, very smart. Gary Rogers, in particular, used them as a test session. They mean nothing to the fans. I think they're, you know, I mean, apart from the check, there's nothing else in it. Just you either run for championship points or forget it. Will Tim Slade do a Nelson Piquet Jr. when he gets less go from Paul Morris Motorsport over that uh, breakdown at Hidden Valley Crusher? Oh, look, I think, Craig, that's a very uh, cheeky, tongue-in-cheek question. Um, I think the Renault thing was an absolute disgrace in 25 years of writing about motorsport. I think it's the worst thing I've uh, I've ever heard about. Um, uh, I think the way that was handled and the way that F1 handled it was also a disgrace when they uh, handled the handled the thing they did to McLaren and, you know, gave basically uh, Renault a tap on the wrist. Um, getting back to your question, um, you know, Paul Morris Motorsport were investigated about the thing uh, they were found uh, not to be in breach of any rules, and I certainly don't think that Tim Slade uh, will be coming out and saying uh, anything of that nature. Got it. No, look, I, there was all sorts of uh, rumours and innuendos going around at the time at uh, Darwin this year on uh, why you know Slade stopped um, you know late in the race and his teammate. Ingle was making a charge on the soft tyres. Um, was, it was, as Crusher said, it was thoroughly investigated, and what you'll find is that, um, and if you talk to the engineers of that team, the fuel actually boiled. So, you know, there, there was no evidence whatsoever that Slade was ordered to stop deliberately, um, and how you draw a you know, comparison between that and Nelson P.K. Jr., I've got no idea. Is Toyota likely to make a move into the V8 Series, Gordo? Well, you know, a couple of years ago I did a really in-depth uh, feature for V8X um, uh, speaking to uh, Dave Butner, um, who is Toyota Australia's um, head of uh, sales and marketing. Um, and, look, they five years ago they seriously looked at it and looked at it thoroughly, but in the end there was a few things that steered them away. One was money and how much they had to commit to the championship um, and two was market relevance. They couldn't turn around on Monday and get customers through the door um, after going to Bathurst and, and oh, wow, we've got a front-wheel drive Camry and a front-wheel drive V6 Orion, which are the two cars they built in Australia. doesn't really relate to rear-wheel drive V8s, do you think? No, it doesn't. Crusher, what about you? Oh, look, I, you know, I think that uh, from a brand perspective... Um, it might be a smart thing for them to do. It certainly wouldn't cost them anywhere near how much it would have cost them four or five years ago. Just the state of the economy and the state of the sport. Um, it's nowhere near in, this, in the position that it was. Um, Coffo couldn't uh, demand the sort of dough he wanted from the, to walk in the door. Um, Ford and Holden would, would certainly uh, uh, make it more difficult, but they're, uh, they certainly don't have the power they used to have either just because of the amount of money they're spending and, and the other support they're, uh, they're throwing at the sport the sport, in, certainly in marketing sense. So I think, um, you know, if they wanted logos and brand in the marketplace, it would be a clever thing for them to do for not a massive outlay, but, you know, I think they're probably busy doing other things. Well, that's Gas and Go for another week here, brought to you by V8X Magazine, in stores now with uh, Frosty and Richo on the cover. Crusher, thanks very much for joining us here on the V8 Insiders. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on. Craig, uh, it was a pleasure for me. Unfortunately, we had the uh, the company of the other, the big nose snolls on the other side of the desk. So uh, maybe next time you get me someone someone decent to share the show with. Gordo, I'll let you respond. I'm not going to respond to that, but I tell you what, I do want to know 
Did we set a record tonight? How much did we overshoot the five-minute runway for Gas and Go? I haven't finished the uh, timing yet, but uh, thanks very much for your time. You too, mate. Cheers. Paul Crookshanks up after the break on this week's White Flag Lap. I hope you'll stay with us. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from the Valvoline Cummins team. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This week on the White Flag Lap, we talked to Paul Crookshank about going into the Enduros with two cars in the field. I think the, the two-car transition's gone pretty well, and this has really been no different. I mean, we, um, you know, there's, there's, say, there's extra responsibility. There's four drivers instead of two, and, and you know, a lot more gear and stuff. But no, it's all, it's all gone good. I think probably one thing that helps is that all the races this year we go to, we're, we're refuelling all the time and stuff. So that it's kind of a mini Enduro, you know, every week. Um, so yeah, but look, it, it's um, you know the the, the big races and, and you want to perform well in them. So we work hard to do our homework. So when we come here, we can put our best foot forward. And um, we nearly did again. You know, we, I, I I said to the guys, I'm a bit frustrated because we um, we're not quite finishing the job. You know, and, and I think last time I spoke, it was about being more consistent. And you know, we we were we were quick on Friday. We we did all the right steps yesterday. We put us started fourth today and and uh, and we completed four laps and that's our that's our first engine blow up in three and a half years in the in the main championship we had a we had a block crack last year which stopped us from finishing a race but um so I suppose you know you look at it it's, it's we, we've probably got a pretty good record as far as reliability but um you know it always happens at the wrong time as these things do but uh, I, I suppose only the positive out of it is that uh I hope that that's out of the way and um, we can get on with Bathurst and uh, you know perform well there because certainly um, the the team has done a good job. Our pit stops have been good. Our you know our strategies you know the guys have got a good, good handle on that. Fabian's driving exceptionally well. Michael's coming along well, and um, and David and Leanne you know tr- backed us up, gave us good support to put a car in the top 20 uh, you know in the second car. So you know it's not all bad. Yeah. My thanks to Paul Crookshank, also to uh, Brett Crusher-Murray and Gordon Lomas. Don't forget tomorrow to come back to the V8 Insiders when we will have that exclusive 11-minute interview with Tim Miles from Sprint Gas Racing. I hope you will join us next hour and round as the checkered flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.